0: Welcome to the coffee podcast where our focus is people and our language is coffee.
1: But mainly our focus is people and our language is coffee. I think you just said it. <laughs> uh Welcome hope to Hope you guys have all had a good week. This is gonna be a loopy episode.
0: Yeah, uh Sure. Wes here wanting to provide some interesting things to think about when considering coffee and market trends going into 2016. I think it's a good uh, a good way to start out the year, um, seeing what has happened and what we can expect throughout the year, um, just to, yeah, so we can all be on the same page.
1: Yeah, and, and for all of our listeners who are like, coffee market, like, what why are you guys talking about this? Well, I'll tell you why. Because why? it's important.
0: Yeah. It's uh <laughs> for sure, definitely. Um So like just even for instance, uh this is this is kinda cool. Um this is reported by Alistair Bell and it reads this that specialty coffee accounts for nearly half of all cups consumed in the United States. Half. Is
1: that
0: like .5? I think that's 50% out of 100 cups consumed are, accordingly, uh, specialty coffee.
1: Oh, according to the Specialty Coffee Association of America. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And normally I just see SCAA, so no wonder they they shorten that. It's 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 kind of, yeah.
0: When you're reading it, it it takes up uh, most of the page, but that's kind of cool, huh? I mean, being where where I work and, and that's in kind of coffee commodities, um, you know, I see so much coffee kind of kind of go through our our little office in Austin, Texas, but it's. You know, it gets kind of staggering to realize. Wow, fifty percent of the coffee consumed is specialty. Now, that's let, kind of a big portion.
1: Let me raise this question: Do you think it's because those who drink specialty coffee are drinking much more coffee than those who are drinking non-specialty coffee? You know how the number could be skewed there. Oh, um,
0: wait. I'm speculating. That? Hold on. So, what like, was
1: that? it's fifty percent of the pop or, or the, of the cups consumed. Cups consumed, right? But couldn't that mean that you and I drink a lot of coffee in a day? Yeah. But like the average coffee drinker who's not drinking specialty coffee. Do they drink like one cup? I think they drink more. I mean, you I think thought
0: so? yeah, I thought like offices that like run off Mr. coffee machines and stuff, they they're making pots of coffee all day long. Maybe, yeah. And you just keep refilling your cup. I mean, I know like Well
1: then it would be skewed the other direction. So that's kind of an interesting number. That's what, what I'm number. saying.
0: It's kind of a staggering number if I'd you like, think yeah, about it. I'd
1: like to see the details on that. That's um, interesting.
0: Well, and also because of um like K-cups Excuse me, uh, K-Cups and like... Um, it's not
1: a curse word to say K-Cups, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, because of that, people are drinking less coffee uh, because one of the major consumers for coffee over the years was your kitchen sink. You'd brew a pot of coffee, you'd, you'd drink a cup, and then it goes cold, and when you do, you pour it out. That accounts... <laughs> My stomach's making some weird noises today. <laughs> that accounts for a lot of the coffee. It was uh, actually stuff being poured down the sink. I mean, but like, kind of sad. Well, yeah, but it's true. But now with like the K-Cups, uh, you're only making like one cup at a time, and you drink what you brew, and you're not pouring coffee <laughs> down the sink.
1: <laughs> that's debatable.
0: <laughs> what do you mean debatable? <laughs> I get it's a total... I mean, yeah, I mean, you just... You dump coffee down the sink if it's cold and bad.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess so.
0: So, yeah. So, <laughs> less coffee is being consumed overall, but 50% of that is specialty coffee. Here's, al- here's also something that's really cool, and we've brought it up on the podcast um, that specialty roasters, including Stumptown, Intelligentsia, and non specialty roasters such as Curie Green Mountain, have been scooped up by the JAB Holding.
1: Incorporation,
0: and it's uh, the investment vehicle of the billionaire Riemann family of Germany. Now, this I wonder is- if it's Riemann. Ryman. Ryman. that sounds better. Yeah, I'm it-
1: German. I'm half German. That's why I, figured, Are you? I assumed you. Yeah. Scottish Her- Hartmann. Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: very cool. Yeah, I'm Caucasian. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know that.
0: You know, but it's a it's a huge sign um, that inv- investors see value in the specialty coffee
1: space. I love that point, yeah, because that's something we didn't really talk about, and I, in fact, it's something I kind of overlooked. Like yeah. the fact that JAB Holdings is, you know, in their words, scooping up all these coffee, uh, specialty coffee establishments, mm-hmm. actually proves the value of the specialty coffee culture. Right. Well, in, uh some people
0: only know it as Pete's. A lot of people are now, oh, Pete's bought out Stumptown. Well, before Pete's bought out Stumptown, JAB bought out Pete's. So, right, like yeah, just going. And we way had back to clarify to, that last. Time. Yeah, way back to the beginning. JAB scooped up Pete's, scooped up Caribou, uh, Stumptown Intelligence, and in Keurig. What's so, next?
1: Like bow ties and
0: tattoos. Dude, I don't know, but huge sign that investors see spot, uh, value in the specialty coffee space. Awesome. So so just off that, that's kind of an encouraging
1: start to 2016. It's it's encouraging, and it is sort of baffling. A little. Because, you know, you, you, specialty coffee was
0: such a small little... It still is. It's like, it's like a specialty little pocket of, of individuals that
1: enjoy great coffee. Yeah, what happens when specialty gets so big? It's like, w- well, if everything's specialty, there's then nothing no special. specialty. <laughs> Yikaramba. caramba. <laughs>
0: well... I don't know. I guess that's we're heading towards that. I hope you, so. You know, I saw on Instagram the other day. Uh, oh no! There's this roaster who's claiming to be uh, the only fifth wave shop in fifth
1: wave. They skipped a wave. I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm just not up to date. Maybe there has been a fourth wave. But there, I'm. I'm there has not. I'm, I'm standing still standing firm. I'm still stuck on the third wave over here. So if there's a fifth wave. You guys have passed me up. There's not a fourth wave. I don't know. And maybe that was a point. Right? Next maybe, episode. Maybe they're like, you know, yeah, we're the only fifth wave because we're just that much better than all the third wavers. I don't know, but it was definitely Snob.
1: Something. Oh, sorry.
0: Well, I don't know. It was just, I was like, wow, am I just out of the loop or is this a statement?
1: Or is it a joke?
0: I don't. Yeah. Probably it was just it's a joke. It, it was by surprise, but <laughs> wouldn't that be weird? Let us know. I don't, if there's a fifth wave, I want to catch it. Just saying.
1: I mean, if it's like that, I don't know if I want to be on it.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyway, so,
1: JAB buying up these specialty coffee things, things, that's really descriptive, shows you that specialty coffee is on the super rise. It's like, it's just about to be in the focal point of, you know, big time investors.
0: You know, and that would be a debatable point to a lot of, um... You know, like uh, like coffee trade houses, you know, who've been trading for 20 years plus, and they, you know, their their, I guess what you just call focal point is on the large uh, corporate coffee companies such as Kraft, um, such as Folgers, and you're like, you know, they're buying so much coffee, it's like, uh, specialty coffee is really just so small in the scheme of things. But, I don't know, based off these stats... Based off these facts, it looks like there is definitely, uh, you know, there's this this wave of specialty coffee that is saturating the
1: market. All right. And let me be offensive for a second. Mm. Bad coffee or coffee that's not coffee that's lacking in flavor or too bitter encourages the incorporation of milk and sugar. Which are not necessarily great for you.
0: Well, sugar is a commodity too. So. Oh, okay,
1: but but my my more where I'm going with <laughs> this is there's trading. there's so many you know medical journals releasing yeah. information about sugar and mm. and you know lactose intolerance like all these things and so you know the culture at large might be reading those things and being like well you know that they're kind of confronted with it and they feel guilty when they drink their coffee with milk or sugar because mm. they're like I shouldn't be drinking sugar like this. Sure, you know, and so my question've well, about that
0: Truvia and stuff out now, right,
1: right well, yeah, and so you have yourself in this position where it's like, well, what is what are sugary drinks gonna be in the future? Are they even going to be around? like sure, you have things like the Frappuccino? Of they will, yeah, like I mean, they'll be around, but like people who once embraced them, I can imagine with, with well, I'm sure, you know the movement towards specialty coffee, like all these things. Kind of like losing a little bit of their um from being like, well drinking your coffee black is beneficial to your health.
0: Yeah, and even Dr. Marcola has got some has got plenty of articles about um, you know how it, how it can reduce Alzheimer's disease and oh yeah, uh, there was something uh,
1: in the news yesterday about a bunch six of, other benefits stuff, of...
0: but it's under the uh, emphasis of drinking it with no milk and no sugar. Right. Because once you add milk or sugar into your coffee, it negates all those healthy effects. But yeah, I mean, as people become more health conscious and want to do things for their health, and uh, I think, you know, drinking coffee black is going to be the next step. In fact, I even had kind of a natural uh, organic talk, not coffee talk, with uh, someone this morning, actually, and she was talking about how one of her resolutions was um, to drink less milk and sugar in her coffee like she used to drink her coffee with coffee mate and now she's drinking it with that al- stuff's
1: like super tasty i get coffee it. coffee
0: mate oh well, i don't know well, i've never like,
1: yeah it's kind of one of those things where you're like why does this taste so good like oh. the same with msg like when you're eating fried chicken uh. man it tastes so good <laughs> just
0: yeah but now she's like <laughs> "She's like this morning you know i had it with almond milk and truvia and then she's like how do you drink your coffee and i'm like you know I, I enjoy my coffee black and the next question was Or not question, but the next comment was, you know, I I need to grow up and be sophisticated. Like, what got you into drinking coffee black? And I was tempted to say, well, I started buying better coffee. But (laughs) keeping people in mind, I instead of just saying that she's drinking bad coffee, I referred her to some good places just saying, hey, uh, drinking Ethiopians really helped out. Um, Brewing on this cool device called, like, a Chemex. Or a manual pour over, you know, and I, would, I didn't get like—I didn't try to overwhelm her because she was just asking, see, what how I to ne- drink coffee black and enjoy it. So I just—I
1: pointed her to a roaster and, and to an origin and, and uh, see how that goes. I guess I don't know. Sure, and back to the topic. I think, with specialty coffee being now so seemingly widely available or becoming more so, that's a great opportunity to be like, you know, what really got me in or into it for me? I, it's easy. I'm just like, hey, try out this shop. Oh right. Go here, yeah. drink the coffee black, and see what happens. I didn't even think about recommending a shop. Yeah, because know. then then you're like benefiting the culture at large by sending people, like your local community. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then next thing you know, they're talking about oh, you know, so and so recommended this place. Oh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, they're and making- it's
1: kind of the way you perpetuate the culture. If you really love the coffee, especially coffee culture, that's how you perpetuate it. Hmm. Yeah, I and like I said,
0: the conversation came out organically. You know. She she was just curious how to drink coffee black. Very cool. Um, On to the next topic. This is kind of surprising. So Krispy Kreme Donuts. Krispy Kreme 2012. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Is facing slower sales growth and demanding, uh, or I'm sorry, and more demanding customers are pushing deeper into Starbucks Corporation and Dunkin' Donuts territory. So the company is doing more to promote its coffee, which for years was an afterthought for the donut chain. Okay. Wow.
1: Let's pause here because we've seen another huge company do the same thing. Really? What company do you think I'm talking about? Uh, like are you talking about a donut company? It's a, no, it's not a donut company. It's a very well-known company. Basking? Everywhere in the probably in the oh, entire world.
0: McDonald's. Yes,
1: McDonald's. Yeah, they've done the same exact thing. Pushing coffee. Oh, they push it. They like have their own little the McCafe thing. Oh, now. that's
0: right. That's right. Well, and and here's what they say. They go on to say. Um, You know, at a test location, uh, workers are grinding beans and using a manual espresso machine to make lattes and cappuccinos. What? That's crazy. They're even referring to themselves as baristas, and employees are taking customers' names with orders, an approach made famous by Starbucks.
1: That is crazy. So,
0: yeah, Krispy Kreme donuts, a little late... a Little late, you know, but they're better to... late than
1: never. That is yeah. pretty imp... well. I they like, got to. They're not using automatic espresso machines. Manual, this is manual espresso machines.
0: Now, is that like the little like rock espresso machines, like with the
1: levers, or no? I think they mean like like, like... and and I would, yeah, more, yeah, Marzocco, yeah. It's like what, marzacas, whichever one, like a morocco. <laughs> Moroccan. Slayer.
0: Watch them just have like slayer they, machines. Yeah, in you there. walk into
1: a Dunkin' Donuts, you're like, I like a uh, is that a slayer? <laughs> Whoa,
0: that'd be awesome. And the breeze
1: is like winking at you, like, yeah, yeah. cool. You want a donut? <laughs> but
0: yeah, hey. So maybe if you're if you're near Krispy Kreme, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe try to cup.
1: Promote. On, I don't. Know. You know. Weird. Okay. Okay. Let me confession. Confession. What? Confession time. All right. When I am on the road. And I can't find any coffee around anywhere. You know what tastes really good? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee is actually hmm. pretty decent. Milk and sugar. Oh yeah, you have to. Mm. Unfortunately, That's but it. it's like kind of like, uh, uh, forgive the like drug reference, but it's kind of <laughs> like crack. Wow, <laughs> this gets you going, huh? Yeah, it's good. Wow. But anyway, it's exciting. It's exciting to see, uh. Dunkin' Donuts go that direction. I'm kind of. You mean like, Krispy weird, Kreme? You mean Krispy? Kris- I'm sorry. Kris- yeah, now I'm talking about Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. I'm kind of like. That is so wild. Well, like you
0: said, better late than never. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Krispy Kreme obviously was like, hey, you know what? What are we doing? Like our sales are dropping. Uh, we need to do something. And coffee was obviously the next step, and it looks like they're going to be taking it uh, seriously. So that'll be
1: kind of cool to see where that grows. So they're actually kind of skipping over Dunkin' Donuts. Because they're just skipping the whole like, hey, we have coffee thing, and they're jumping straight. I mean, into they're making lattes and shins.
0: cappuccinos. Now, I don't, I don't know if they're like a, a cappuccino but or a cappuccino straight
1: up, like Krispy Kreme donuts with like a specialty coffee espresso would be awesome.
0: Dude, I would love to go in and get a nice like freshly baked glazed donut with a you know seriously though. something yeah. All right. So I don't know. That's that's kind of cool. Good um, things
1: in twenty sixteen. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll kind of keep up on that. Uh, on for some market news, though. This is kind of, a uh, This is from agrimoney.com, published on the 4th of January. And that is that coffee futures proved to be among the worst ag performers in 2015. In particular, New York traded Arabica Ones, which dropped by 24%. That's a huge n- number. Yeah, compared with the 21% decline in their london Listen robust appear. Now, I mean there's a reason for this. The drop is duly uh, reflected because of the decline in currencies of major producers such as Brazil and Colombia, cutting the value in dollar terms of a commodity in which they represent a large chunk of the world's supplies. So their, their currency just dropped. Their, it just tanked, which is pushing their coffee uh, you know, at extremely low rates. I mean, the market is at dollar and 20 cents right now. Uh, it's just it's way it's just the the U.S. dollar is high, uh, you know. The U.S. index is high. Coffee is super low, and uh, you know it doesn't help that Brazil was overselling in 2015, which led them to have kind of
1: a, a oh they kind of flooded the market with their well own they coffee. oversold
0: yeah with futures and they and because of the drought I mean they were facing extreme drought conditions. Um, and they just didn't have enough coffee to go around. We're actually seeing repercussions of that now. So I guess the question is, in 2016, is their stock finally going to let up and push a prop underneath the um, underneath the market prices? You know, bring it up, get a rally, and, and get those coffee prices up? I know that's what Vietnam is waiting on. Uh, Vietnam Robusta is sitting on about, I think last I saw, 1.5 million pounds of coffee strictly because the market's too low to sell at and I know El Salvador's facing these problems just a buck 20 is too low to be <clears> making any sort of uh, sustainable um, economy now in, what, in coffee. what
1: what can help that I mean um, watch well, what
0: I'm saying you know if if Brazil runs out of stock right and they just run out of supply that's gonna prop prices way up same with Colombia right because they're they're the major producers so if there's a lack you know prices are just, I think that's demand, naturally that. going
1: to swing like that, won't it?
0: Well, and you know, you can even if, this is on AgriMoney.com. So if you're really interested in market and and kind of stuff that I can play into, go check that out. They've got the full article, and they even have you know i prof- um, professionals with their you know speculations and whatnot. Yeah, that's, um, that's where a good it's going to go. But yeah, and then also Colombia. Uh, which is kind of weird because the the, the price is so low, but Columbia is, has the best coffee harvest in 23 years as fungus-thwarted output of coffee rose 17% to 14.2 million bags in 2015.
1: Right. This is an article by Andrew Willis?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. From Bloomberg, actually. Um, so even just from last year, they... Uh, 17% over 2014, They, they're, uh, and this is mainly because of the younger disease-resistant trees that they planted kind of curbed the spread of coffee rust, which was plaguing Colombian farmers. So because these younger plants are kind of eliminating the coffee rust plague in Colombia, their output rose 17% in the last year.
1: That's crazy, and it's
0: the best. It's the biggest harvest they've had in 23 years,
1: so you That's know, a significant like achievement. If you if you really think about it,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, Colombia is the world's third biggest coffee producer, so uh, you know, coffee farmers and the government have managed to once again make Colombia an important player in the international market, uh, according to General Manager Roberto Velez. Um, yeah, so, and and because of their they're, what's that going to do to the market? You know, with with now Colombia well, having such a big harvest.
1: Well, because you have two of the two of the main big players are having issues with currency, currency, and then you have this third guy who's like, like has one of the best harvest in twenty three. Well, years Well, Colombia
0: is has the currency problem. Oh, right they now. do. Yeah, 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 that's right. They do as so well. So they have the currency problem, but and they also had a, a lot of coffee, a lot of harvest. So that's maybe keeping prices down. Yeah, we you would know. think,
1: yeah, with having that much of a supply. Yeah, yeah. And how, because how you... and
0: because they're like the the biggest, you know, producers, right, of the coffee industry, they're saturating the market. So that's why El Salvador is hurting. Um, having to give their coffee away for a buck twenty is just not reasonable for them. Like it's it's hurting them. Uh, and I think even Michael Sheridan actually just released a post on El Salvador today, so you can go and read up on that Um, and like what you can maybe do. Uh, I know that El Salvador is really speaking out to more of a relationship based trade rather than a commodity based trade. Um, Yeah, I guess that's the only way for them really to to get back up on their feet until Brazil runs out of coffee and we can kind of get a prop into the prices. Get those coffee prices back up. It's just about right. twenty. We're we're low. Like I said, coffee was the uh the worst ag performer of two thousand and fifteen, dropping twenty four percent from last year.
1: And it, a coffee rust, I mean, maybe not all of our listeners know what that even is. Do we wanna say do we wanna kinda go into that? Sure,
0: I mean yeah, if you wanna enlighten them a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean I I'm totally cheating a little bit. I don't know all <laughs> the science, but you know, I have the interwebs in front of me here. But so coffee rust is something that's really kind of hurt the coffee, uh, farms all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's basically a fungus, um, and the fungus basically chokes out the plant as far as I understand. Does that oh, sound really? Right? Yeah. Huh. Um, and Well, sometimes so,
0: you hear it like, it's called coffee, excuse me, coffee rust or Roya, um, and they're really kind of affecting what coffee's in central america, right? Yes. Usually it's lower elevations too, I believe. They were right. hurting lower elevations. Uh and then something happened where they're able to start affecting higher elevation coffee. But, you know, I mean, Colombia has been on top of it. The government, you know, it's coffee is such a big export for Colombia. I mean, obviously they're the third largest producer in the world. Um that they've actually started to fund you know, coffee programs, and making young, rust-resistant plants. Um, Even in Vietnam, they're doing uh, uh, Robusta Arabica grafting, where they're taking uh, Robusta root systems, and they're grafting them to Arabica uh, plants, and that's making them resistant. And the plant is still in Arabica, right? It's still producing, uh, you know, Arabica cherries. It's just, the root system is out of a robusta plant and uh kind of interesting i know costa rica well, was kind of doing that too for a little bit yeah i mean I...
1: well I, I mean it's it's interesting you get you get things like diseases in any sort of market um and it's something you have to address and fix in you know Colombia I think it's a big deal that they were they came out of this and they had a huge harvest because they were sort of preemptive or they, largest
0: harvest in 23 right, years right so they
1: they've like attacked this you know in sort of a preemptive way well totally and they really did well for themselves in a sense where i mean a little more about the coffee rust it basically attacks the leaf of the coffee plant and so yeah. the leaves like die off and fall off and so if your coffee plant doesn't have leaves like, that's a huge issue because yeah. of photosynthesis and everything else. I mean, the plant needs leaves. Looks like a defense Right, it's system. a defense system. So, you know, there, there have, you know, seemingly been in 2015 sort of these leaps and bounds in different places. One yeah. of the leaps would have been this Columbia situation yeah. where it's like clearly they've done a good job sure. in preventing rust. Well, the,
0: and what, what they had, you know, what other countries don't is that the federation, like their government played a part in this it's true you know the the federation you know backed the planting program to replace the plants i mean they know they realize that this is big right and they needed to hop on it you know other places such as el salvador uh you know even just uh other places where rust can can play a big issue it really hit el salvador hard i mean and it's just like It you know with the market being so low and with rust being so devastating it's really hurting them uh, just lower, they have lower yields and the market is lower than ever. So it's just kind of, uh, double fisted punch on their end, I guess. If sure. That's the term. I mean, they're just getting hit. I've never
1: heard that. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sad, but you know what? Uh, hopefully we'll see a change in the market. Um, I'm a little bearish hoping that the market will go up as far as uh and, uh, you know, if you want to help out El Salvador, really, I guess stop, stop trading commodities and go and find a, a farm and pay four bucks a pound. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, sometimes you have to you have to think uh, sustainability uh, about sustainability. You know, when when you're out shopping and, and things like that, really, the consumer has so much control over the market. It, mm. And of course, this. Well, no, in mass, in mass. Mm. So like if you think of a consumer, not necessarily by individual sake, but you think of mass sake, hmm. if you have a mass of people, say the specialty coffee culture uh, or the people involved in that culture and they all decide, let's support El Salvador or let's, you know, buy coffee from here, like you create value, you generate value. Hmm. Well,
0: that's not how the commodities not? market works. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe if, if you and, and some like roasters co-op together and you're like, Hey, let's, let's buy direct and let's contract our coffees at three bucks a po- or like the neighbors and crops programs, or, you know, all those programs that these roasters are starting to do, which is completely direct oriented and they're all focused on sustainability uh, they get to choose their price per pound and that's what El Salvador need they need like a neighbors and crops well, program they need a they lo- need a, a a direct trade route because right now uh with traders hopping on the futures and buying up slots at a dollar 20 and whenever that market hits a dollar twenty or a dollar nineteen whenever they slot it uh you know that's what that that future is going for um it's just in in I mean, people in the market don't care. Like, it's just—it's money. It's coffee. They can get it for a buck twenty, so they'll do it.
1: Well, let's let's in that case, since we're towards the end of our episode, let's highlight El Salvador. There are a lot of issues going on there.
0: It's just rough for them. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and provide a link uh, with the podcast when we post it. But let's kind of start talking about this. Let's move in that direction because sure. they are like—I'm just reading up real quick. They are having a ton of issues. Yeah. Much more than just economic. I mean, they're having social issues, social injustices, and all sorts of things. Well, kind of all around coffee.
0: Yeah, and even just the the gang wars that they have down there. <laughs> right. We were just discussing this for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we were just talking about. This. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hit us with that link, Jesse. That'll be that'll be good. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be an article uh, by Jimmy Surefe. Sh- uh, Sherf- I don't know if I said that right, but he'll forgive me, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I'll post that. Michael at the Sheridan,
0: end. right? Oh no, no, that's not that's not my Sheridan post. My bad.
1: No, no, no. This is a different post. Okay. From today. Um but yeah, so we kind of summed it up. There are a lot of things happening in the coffee world right now. Yeah. Just things happening in the market. Uh bad and good. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, and like I said, I just wanted to kind of uh kick off two thousand and sixteen um with kind of uh like this ground knowledge. We all can kind of we can kind of go off of this episode and see as the year continues whether or not Arabica goes up or if it's going to be, yet again, the worst ag, uh, ag performer of 2016. Let's hope not. Yeah, well, let's
1: hope not. And um, we mean, can
0: see on top, top of these issues. I mean, these are current event yeah. issues that are ongoing for sure.
1: Yeah, and obviously, as we mature in this podcast, we're going to be more focused on different things happening in the world with coffee. So, uh, yeah, we just hope that you, you stay... Uh, tuned with us so you, you stick with us as we uh, dive into these deep issues we're going to talk about a lot of fun things yeah. a, a lot of uh, barista things a lot of, of SCAA things but we're also going to talk about the serious issues uh potentially more social injustice things and, right and talking about those are kind of define us and help us to focus on what our focus is
0: which is people and our language is coffee right Thanks for joining us for the 15th episode of The Coffee Podcast. Crispy Cream 2012. Happy brewing.